You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hi, this is Billy Garcia from Survivor Cook Island, and welcome to the Oz Network Survivor Ghost Island Recap. Today I'm joined by uh, a great friend of mine from Survivor Guatemala, Brian Corridan. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing great. Good to see you. How you been? I'm great. I'm great. A little too sober, but I'm here. Too sober. Well, there's always fixes for that. Five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I I totally missed the days when uh Survivor would have their like uh their finale after parties in New York City. I uh, know those were great days. Remember we'd be on the top of the Dream Hotel down there in uh, Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Was- mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, those were awesome. Uh, those but- were. Yeah, yeah, I'll just say, uh, but uh, since you mentioned the Dream Hotel, I'll keep dreaming that it'll come back one day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so how are you liking the season? It's You know, I think it's like leagues better than last season. I really didn't like last season. You know, I just, last season I just felt like there was no contestant I really genuinely cared about. Okay. I think Devin made a late game push, but even he was kind of MIA for a lot of the season and he, he's definitely better than average, but, you know, Ben was kind of a jerk, and Chrissy was kind of a jerk, and Ryan was kind of a twerp, and I just, ugh. Um, and, and, you know, it was just a bummer seeing Allie go so early, and then Jessica, and I just I felt like last season didn't have a lot of lightness in terms of fun, cool people. I mean, Mike came a little close to that, but this season I just like people way more. I just find them to be more interesting, more personable, more... Um, just cooler. I don't know. They got more chill. Last season had no chill. So, so you're not missing Alan's trip search for the idol then? Well, no. Although <laughs> Alan was interesting for the four episodes we had him, but yeah, let I me mean, lose him in episode four. Um, yeah, <laughs> we, that, we we can, we can take that, but that'd be interesting. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah all right. So uh, our episode uh, begins with the recap of Malolo on this terrible losing streak, and Stephanie goes out. So the first thing that happens uh, this time, it's a little different. No, no aftermath. We just literally come straight to the mat. And for uh, the second time this season, we drop our buffs. Mm-hmm. So what do you think of? It's like constant PTSD for me for like <laughs> tribe swaps. Like I never want to see a tribe swap. Especially for James. <laughs> just like been there, buddy. <laughs> like it's terrible. <laughs> Tribe swaps are such a bummer because I understand obviously from a production standpoint, they serve such a vital purpose in keeping things mixed up and keeping the audience interested in who's going to line with whom and blah, blah, blah. But as a player, you're just like, ugh, give me a break with this. I'm just finding my footing. It bails out people, you know, it can if you were in a bad position and then you get bailed out. But ugh, just being stuck into a minority is just such a pain to deal with. You know, it's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, uh, from a viewer standpoint, like now I have to learn like the, the three new tribes, uh, like who's with who. And, and like I just figured out who Libby is. And now I'm like, wait, who's she friends with? I don't even know. Like now Libby's aligned with Libby's on a tribe with Jonathan. I'm like, but were they even really a pair? They voted for, you know, they voted to keep Angela to get rid of, Morgan, but does Libby have any allegiance to Donathan, or was he really closer to Laurel? I just, I feel like at this point, tribal lines are totally meaningless, and you just sort of have to play with the people you're around because what is anything at this point? Yeah, yeah, I agree. So the tribes are as follows: we got Nativi with uh, Navidi. Navidi, I said Nativi. I, I don't even know where that's coming from. <laughs> Nativi show. Yeah, yeah, Nativi 
So Navidi with uh, Bradley, uh, uh, Dominic, whom I, I still like a lot. Uh, Chelsea, Donathan, also I like a lot. And Libby, as you mentioned. Then we got Malolo uh, with Desiree, Angela, uh, Kellen, Michael, and James. And out of that group, I think Michael is the only one I like. And he grew on me. I didn't like him in the beginning. I like, yeah, he's I like Desiree and Kellen. I don't know. All right. And James. <laughs> uh, all right. So you like the Malolo tribe. It's a good thing you got a whole lot of them in this episode. Yeah, right. <laughs> or in every episode, actually. But, uh, sure, sure. And then we got the brand new tribe who's wearing the green buff, the Nayuya tribe. See, I got to work on that. Nan- yeah, it's Yanuya. Yanuya? Like, Yanuya, we're going to get a tribal swap. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See? And that's got Chris. I, I got a lot to say of Chris. Sure. Who <laughs> See, doesn't? So does Chris, uh, by the way. Yes, that's my point. Seabass, <laughs> <laughs> a.k.a. Sebastian, uh, Wendell, uh, Jenna, and Laurel. And basically what we got was uh, three original Nativi and two original Malolos on every tribe. Mm-hmm. Guaranteeing that the tribe swap did nothing for the original Malolos. Yeah, you know, that's what sucks about losing the first two challenges in a row. If you're really, I mean, in a swap-heavy season, losing two challenges right off the bat just sets you up to be in the minority for the entirety of the pre-merge and then obviously probably most of the post-merge too. So you feel like losing two, it's still early, but actually that set the tone for the whole game. Every post-tribal, every post-swap tribal has really hinged on the fact that Malolo was in the minority and whether they could swing the vote like they did when they got rid of Morgan, or whether they couldn't, as we've now seen three just get knocked right off. Exactly, exactly. I totally agree. So uh, we get to uh, we get to the, the the tribes. They're their beaches, and what really, really stood out to me was this particular quote by Chris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you probably know where I'm going with this. You know I where do. you're. I think. I do. Yeah, <laughs> he's oh man, he's he's probably the one of the most narcissistic players. In recent memory, anyways. Um, so, so his About, quote. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. What's the quote? I hear the quote. Yeah. So you know, when you're a big athletic guy and as charismatic as I am, I won't lie to you. It's exhausting. <laughs> top. It's a tough life, man. When you're, you know, six foot twelve, whatever he is, and uh, I'm sure, I'm sure it's just exhausting to get up in the morning. You know, this is a fun episode for me to be on for the recap, Billy, because as I was watching it, watching Laurel deal with um, Chris, I was remembering back to Blake on my season. Oh, and yeah. Blake was another male model, and he had his extravagant stories, and, you know, I had my whole bait Blake thing, and I felt like last night I was watching Laurel kind of maybe sort of approach a bait Blake strategy. She was just letting Chris talk and let him dig his own grave. And it was uh, fond memories of, of the heat of Guatemala listening to Blake uh, dig his own grave. Yeah, I, I really like the edit where they would put the bling on Blake's teeth. Bling! <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, Golden Boy. That was Amy's thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, Chris... Uh, you know what? I guess every season has to have their villain, and he volunteered. <laughs> you know, funny though, he's barely even the villain. He's kind of like the class clown or the jester, jester that nobody really even let him know that was his role. He's the unwitting jester of the season. He's the court fool. It's really Bradley who's embraced this idea of villainy. I, I'm better than I thought I was, and I already thought it was fantastic, and I'm playing an A plus game, and. Um, he's the one really, I think, is setting himself up as a villain 
who knows what he's doing as opposed to Chris, who's just kind of blissfully unaware of how he comes across. <laughs> what was that old saying? Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yes, well, then he is ecstatic. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Dominic, first of all, he's, he's glad to be away from Chris because, uh, he felt like it was, it was, you know, Chris was, was basically casting a dark shadow over his entire game, uh, right. the whole season. But then we get Dominic selling Libby as poverty 2.0 and that she's the devil in, in an angel's body and this whole thing. Yeah, that's a hard sell for someone we've heard speak maybe twice in six episodes. I mean, <laughs> Harvey 2.0. She's like Purple Kelly 2.0 at this point. <laughs> well, I played with Parvati, so I have a lot of uh, respect. I see, I see. Right, of course. Our first season was season 13. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I've seen her game, you know, firsthand. Yeah. And uh, I haven't seen Libby's game, but I agree with you. Like, they're light years apart, at least from what yeah, we're seeing. Yeah, come on. Parvati's charismatic and clever and funny and witty and... Parvati is just so charming. I mean, I don't know Libby. I don't. I've never met Libby. I know nothing about Libby. But she's certainly not getting the edit of a Parvati. At least not yet. We'll see what happens with her. Yeah, Parvati's Parvati's probably greatest attribute is that she casts a spell on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're, she's fun. She's fun to listen to. Fun to talk to. Fun to hang out with. I like Parvati. She's, she's sure. great for sure. I and mean, in the game, what she does is she's like that that bug lamp, and and, and everybody's the fly like. <laughs> Don't go into the light. I can't help it. Yeah, she's just to the flame. Moths to the flame. Eric Reichenbach can tell you all about it. Yeah, oh, poor Eric. Yeah. But thanks to Eric, I'm kind of off the hook most of the time. Yeah. yeah well. So we jump into the immunity challenge, and it's the blindfold challenge. And I'm sure you have a lot to say about this. We did it. I did, we had a blindfold challenge in my season. Blindfold challenges, I feel like, are uh, I feel like it's just the producers being as sadistic as possible because it's <laughs> just set up to be so awful. It's, I mean, comedically, you know, we appreciate watching people get beamed on TV, but man, just like in terms of safety, it's pretty reckless. I mean, I'm just like getting too old now. I'm like, that's very dangerous. What are you doing, producers? Um, we had obstacles on our course, but on my season, Amy, I was tied to Amy for the blindfold challenge and she could see at the bottom of hers. So Amy, who's this, you know, tough as nails, Boston cop. She was, I couldn't see, I was totally blindfolded, but I'm tied to Amy and she just whispers under breath. She's like, Hey, Hey, I can see, just follow me. Just follow me. Okay. Just follow me. And I was like, all right, I mean, fine. So then we kind of like faked being like lost some of the time just to throw the producers off our scent. But Amy was just like walking right to the things, picking them up, kind of moving them back. Um, So fortunately we avoided any kind of accidents of stumbling into something. But I mean, you would think after on worlds apart when Kelly got knocked out by that falling thing and her like head was gashing with blood um, or gushing with blood, you'd think they'd be a little bit more careful about letting people smack into things. Chelsea got the face, Libby hit her head. Yeah, it was. This was brutal. There was a lot of headshots in this particular one. Maybe more, more than I've seen in the past. I never did a blindfold challenge, but I was tethered to to my tribe mates. Yeah, yeah. And let me just say, that's not fun either. Like just getting four people to to move, or in this case, two people to move as one, is is not as easy as it sounds. No, it is not. I mean, much less when you're blindfolded. But certainly if you can't have your own mobility and you're in a survivor challenge where you're already stressed out and it's hot and you're you're hungry, the ability to not even move on your own is just one one more kind of 
thing on the pile of just making things so stressful. <laughs> For sure. And then in this particular challenge, Jeff Probst was literally talking all over everybody's voice. Like, how could anybody hear much of anything with Jeff Probst just just blasting his voice all over the challenge? You know, he's he's so obnoxious with the way he comments on these challenges. I mean, just do it all in post, man. Just do voiceovers in the studio. Like, especially with the challenge where you need to listen to people, Jeff's voice is just an annoying little buzz in your ear. Just <laughs> shut up. I kind of love how Wendell's giving him a little lip, too. I love, you know, Wendell at one point, earlier in the season, Wendell said something about, like, oh, don't call me out like that. And then this time when he won, he was like, look at that, Probst. And I was like, good for you, Wendell. You should get People need to give Jeff Probst a little bit more lip in those challenges. <laughs> Shut him up. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know how it is. A lot of people get starstruck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that fades pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so speaking of Wendell, uh, he had a goat moment where he left one of the puzzle pieces, and he's the one, you know, he's the one who's not blindfolded. So it was really up to him. Yeah. And then, he, yeah, then he runs back, gets it, runs forward, and then does probably the best job I've ever seen of of directing, uh, while other people were yelling, "Oh." Uh, I need the white part. I need the white part to line up as if they could see that. <laughs> um, I think that was Dominic actually. And then the, uh, 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 yeah, the, the, the part that Wendell did was literally like, just, uh, use your right, the one on your right hand, slide it down towards your right. He was doing a better job. And I think that's how he pulled off the comeback. He went from goat to goat, right? He went from bad goat to greatest of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Great point. Great point. All right, so the ultimate, the ultimate um, curse, basically. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe not ultimate because the one in Palau was pretty bad. Yes, but maybe, this, <laughs> this is like the second worst curse of all time with Malolo losing yet again. Yeah, poor Malolo. They're up there with Oolong and that awful Ravu tribe in Fiji. But to, at least they didn't have anything. They were the have-not tribe. Um, yeah. But the weird thing is, it's not even the same group of people each time. It's just the name Malolo. So when Jeff's like, Malolo's cursed, it's not like these group of people have ever done anything together. Michael's the only one who's been Malolo the whole time. It's really Michael who's cursed. Yeah, yeah he's like the he's like Stephanie now. Yes. Yeah, Michael is our yeah. Stephanie. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So they lose, but to my extreme disappointment, we get no Ghost Island. Like, yeah. that's the name of the season. Yeah. And we've had three straight three straight rounds of nothing happening at Ghost Island, and now we don't even get someone sent to Ghost Island. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. we should call it No Island. <laughs> no Island. Just Ghost. <laughs> um, I have to imagine they're probably saving something. You know... You would think they'd drop a little bit more, but I guess so. Kellen turned down the option, so they wanted, you know, producers wanted obviously some some uh, advantage at that point, but Kellen turned it down. And I'm kind of like, to their credit, you know, we always complain about there being too many advantages. I'm actually okay with letting things kind of play out a little bit without Ghost Island for a sec. I'm sure we're going to see it every episode post-merge. I'm sure the win of the reward challenge will get to send someone to the Ghost Island before the immunity challenge. But um, I'm, I'm okay with a little breather from Ghost Island because I think the show's strong enough to stand on its own without all the gimmick. So, Yeah, I think I think this whole, the way they did Ghost Island 
was great for like that first round. Yeah. And then, and then it's kind of fizzled out. I think my idea, but then I'm a masochist. Ah. I would have, Ghost Island would have been like, we put you in a cage, uh, you know, suspended above the island and you're stuck there for the 24 hours yes. just in that cage. That is disturbingly masochistic. <laughs> that's actually simply sadistic, masochistic of yourself, but that is like very, yeah. that's, Billy, that is dark. You went dark with that. <laughs> like, but then we're guaranteed to have something happen yeah, at the island like, every time. Next thing you're going to fill the cage with spiders and just like let them... <laughs> I don't know. Yo, like, you know, they got to hang over something. Why, why not? Why not like a pool of crocodiles or something? God, wow. Okay. I mean, I'd watch it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh, so back at camp, James makes his big pitch to Angela. And I got to admit, it was sounding like a great pitch. Yeah. So, I, I, I'd have bought it. Um, yeah, it was basically, I thought it was a bummer for James because he is really the one who spearheaded saving Angela from what we saw. Anyway, he was the one who kind of said, if the four of us band together, we can take on Morgan. And then for that not to pay dividends for him is just a bummer because he's kind of now, he came up with this great idea and then tried to make an ally of Angela, but it's probably their own fault for not nurturing Angela more after that tribal council. So Maybe they didn't do a good enough job of pulling Angela into the fold. They just figured, oh, we saved her and that's enough without actually nurturing, saying you're with us now. Because clearly she didn't feel enough of an allegiance to them to jump ship. No, I, I, all that I agree with. and uh, But I do feel like it's a missed opportunity for Angela to make a power play. Yeah. Uh, you, you do have to make a resume. And uh, waiting until that second to last tribal council is always too late start making a resume agreed agreed yeah i'm not sure angela has a lot of power play in her she's yeah i'm not sure for someone who says she plays with her head i mean maybe that was a head move i just don't know what her game is and maybe she just felt like there are more options with navidi because there are more navidi members left maybe that was it but um yeah well in the end uh after after uh, a tribal council that i felt was not really going much of anywhere. Um, as far as the, the, di- the dialogue, mm-hmm. we get, we get James get blindsided and, uh, Michael, when they showed who voted who, Michael actually voted with Navidi yep. against James. He did. So he gave up too. Yeah. So he gave, uh, James gave a really wicked stare to Michael <laughs> just before going out. Yeah, that I, when he said he got blindsided, I'm like blindsided by what? Who did you think they were voting for? They obviously weren't voting for Angela. So they weren't voting for each other. They were obviously voting for you or Michael. So I think he must have meant he was blindsided by Michael's not giving him a heads up. Because clearly Michael must have known before Travel Council that Angela wasn't with them. So the the blind side would be, man, you like you knew the writing was on the wall and you didn't even tell me. So that's the kind of thing that probably he was referring to. But I've hung out with James a couple times. I like him. He's a really cool guy. Um, sad to see him go. But um he can join, you know, the pre-jury club. You and I are in it, so. Yeah, yeah. New- you know, for sure, we we should have drinks together. <laughs> <laughs> we'll need it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so here we go. We got it's time to rate the episode. Do we buy it, rent it, or bin it? I'm gonna rent it. It was good enough because you got a swap, but bad enough that the swap didn't really make any major changes in the game. See, I, I'm with you, but for different reasons. I would rent it because I thought the challenge was great. 
uh, and the, and especially with the comeback and all that. But tribal council was, you know, just a lot of a lot of idle chit chat, basically. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you with rented. All right, and plus to me the 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 episode with Michael and the uh, the James Idol, the 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 grave digger James Idol. To me, that set the bar. That was a great episode. And I still think it's a really good season so far. I'm enjoying it. But we do need probably a couple more big moments of strategy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so we've got a lot of listener questions here. You're, you're really, really popular with the, with the, the, uh, the Oz Network of viewers and listeners. The Oz Network. <laughs> All right. So we've got Marlene Bottoms. She says, Brian and Billy were... Um, why were you ignored by the Martin Holmes second chance poll? Oh. That she's not happy about it, but she's thrilled that at least Guatemala was given a chance to be on, uh, to be represented. Yeah, they had I think Rafe and Amy were on it. I saw that. I actually saw it just because people kept tweeting me saying like, "Where's Brian? Where's Brian?" Um, I don't know. I, hey, look, I don't know Martin Holmes. I don't know anything about him. Or I've seen Inside Survivor. It's a really good website, but I, I don't know. I guess I'm just not on his radar, and that's. His his issue with me or not doesn't even think of me. That's fine too. I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm in the same boat as you. Is to where, uh, uh, yeah, it's a great website like you mentioned, but uh, perhaps because I haven't interacted with him at all, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, I mean, and then you know, we we are very old players. Our seasons were like ten years ago, so I get it. Um, but I, you know, I actually didn't follow up. Do you know who ended up winning or what? What? What was? I, I have no idea. Um, I got tweeted by someone or, or, or uh, PM'd on Twitter about the about the uh, the poll and why I wasn't on it. And I just checked it out real quick and did a couple of voting and then oh, moved on. Moved on. Um, I'm hoping that Rafe and Amy do well, but I didn't. I didn't. I actually, I'll check it out after this. Yeah, yeah. L- let me know who won. <laughs> <laughs> so Gene writes. Brian, I'm so happy that you're back on the podcast. Haven't heard you in years. Now I'm going to stand on my soapbox. Uh, what is up with Guatemala being treated like it never happened? I'm so over this underrated season, uh, gets treated, uh, has it been treated over the years that nobody is asked back, not once to play from Guatemala. I know. Hey, listen, you're preaching to the choir. We all feel that way. Um, <clears throat> there's any number of factors. I mean, obviously Stephanie came back for heroes versus villains, but no original Guatemala player um, has come back. We don't know if that's because we're just in this like weird period where there weren't a ton of returning player seasons. I mean, there was Micronesia after us and then heroes versus villains, but then I guess Guatemala didn't really go the way they wanted it to. Danny was kind of under the radar winner Stephanie, their golden child, had a bad edit. Um, You know, Judd and Jamie were kind of volatile. Rafe ended up working in screenwriting. Lydia went totally missing, unfortunately, after the the death of her son. Um, So I guess they just felt like there weren't a lot of big personalities worthy of coming back. I do think that a lot of our best players or personalities were kind of mid-range. So, you know, losing Gary and Jamie and Amy and Brandon – it was all very middle of the range. So at the time when they weren't really doing early boots, other than Boston Robin Sheehan, we just got totally swept under the rug. I agree. Yeah. But you know what? With all these returning player seasons now, it's being a thing, like almost like maybe once every fourth season, I think, yeah. like what we're averaging now, like 
It shouldn't be an excuse. Well, I just don't know if we have the recognizability to the casual fans anymore. Poor Guatemala is like not even on on a I don't know what like Hulu or whatever Survivor's on. Like Guatemala's even forgotten from the streaming services. Oh, man, man. <laughs> All right, so Prue. Uh, she asked, I haven't listened to the podcast since the old days. Mm. Um, Brian was one of my favorite guests for the recaps. Oh, just wants to know from your season, who's your BFFs today? Still oh, to this day? good question. I talk to Amy all the time. Um, in fact, we were just tweeting at each other last night. So, um, Amy and I had this really bizarre relationship where we didn't get along in the game at all. She was kind of relentless on picking on me and, Fortunately, my skin was always thick enough that I could handle it. So I think she sort of grew to respect that. Um, and we just we just were like oil and, and water in the game. But once we were both voted out consecutively, we just kind of got along very, very well on the page in terms of I just clicked. And so we've kept in touch really closely since then. Um, and then Brooke, too. Wow. All right. So, uh, so Ray says, uh, Billy and Bryant, what's the, what's the story behind a photo of you two on Twitter that you used to promote this podcast? It looks oh. interesting. <laughs> oh, God, that photo. I was, I mean, it was not my fondest angle. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> that photo must have been from probably about 2006 because I looked like I put on all my, like, the weight that I had lost in Survivor. I, like, binged right back. So that photo was probably from the finale to um, either Cook Islands or maybe Fiji. That might have been the finale to Fiji, which was in New York. Yeah. Um, and yeah. uh, you said we used to hang out those finales at the uh, Dream Hotel on the west side there. And those were a lot of fun. <clears throat> and I'm pretty sure that photo is from one of those parties. Yeah, if it was Fiji, then for sure I got – I remember getting shit-faced wasted in that, Sounds in that after right. party. Yeah. <laughs> <I think that's, laughs> yeah. My guess is that was probably the Fiji finale. Yeah, yeah, so for sure. I think you were holding me up after that. <laughs> <But> <laughs> All right. So Sasha Peterschmidt has a game that she likes to play. Okay. It's called Kiss, Slap, Hug, Run Away, or Dance With. Wow. it's a lot of <laughs> options. It is. It is. All right. So uh, we're going to get into uh, a few names here. Uh, I'm going to say uh, Corinne. Corinne? Corinne. Oh, Corinne I mean, Kaplan. Oh, yeah. we're like all Survivor, not just the season? Yeah. What are my options? Kiss, Kiss, hug. kiss slap, oh, hug, run away, or dance with? Oh, Corinne's fun. I would dance with Corinne. All right. All right. So, uh. I know where we're going with this, with the next couple. Eliza. Oh, Eliza. Uh, I don't know, kiss, hug. I mean, maybe kiss is a kiss too romantic. Um, what's the next one that's not romantic? <laughs> we are super, super close. Eliza and I have been inseparable since 2005, 2006. So whatever the highest of those options were, I guess a very intimate hug with Eliza. All right. Courtney Yates. Oh, my God. Courtney, dance with. She's a blast. Love her. You're tapping on some great people here. Snarky yeah. women. Snarky women are my bread and butter. So, <laughs> love these options. Yeah. Amy. Amy, 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 Amy. Amy. Yeah, no slap. I mean, my God, you haven't given anyone a slap yet. Give me a slap. <laughs> um, Amy, uh, a hug for Amy. 
All right, I'll, I'll see if I can give you a couple of slaps here. Uh, Chris from this season. Okay, there you go. See, he, I think we mostly just run away from him because, okay. Because if I slap him, he'll just knock me halfway to China. So, uh, I'll just run away. All right, how about, how about Debbie? Our, 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 oh, every Debbie, hat. Every- Debbie Warner, Wanner, Wanner, what's her name? Um, she seems a little bit Looney Tunes. Again, haven't met her, but I think, I would have a hard time doing anything but laughing. So I'd have to run away because I would my face would reveal too much. All right, last one, Donathan. Oh, bless his heart. Donathan, um, give him a hug. Give him an it's get, it gets better hug. <laughs> Aww. All right, so uh, Leah P says uh, she haven't sent the question in a while. Uh, but she had to make an exception just for you, Brian. <laughs> oh, Leah P, thank you. All right, so, uh, what item are you most looking forward to being used that hasn't been used yet in this season? Oh, come on. We all know the answer to that. I just want to see Eliza's effing stick. <laughs> I want Eliza to be back on the show with her stick redeeming that curse. That's yeah. for sure. I'm most looking forward to that. Also, someone on Reddit posted James's tooth or JT's tooth from Token Chains, which I thought wow. was hilarious. That would be you found JT's tooth from Token Chains. That was very <laughs> funny, and I would love to see that. That's great. That's great. All right, Erica, what is the craziest thing you're willing to do to get back on the show? Oh my god, I I just I say all the time when I'm teaching my classes, I teach SAT classes, and the kids. Usually find out, I don't much mention it anymore, but they usually find out by Googling me or another teacher will say something. And they always ask if I'd go back. So I tell them, literally, if I got a call right now and it's like the middle of SAT class, I would just like throw two fingers in the air and be like, fuck y'all, good luck on the SAT, I'm out of here. And I would just like leave them in the middle of class to go play Survivor again. Nice, nice. <laughs> All right, Saxon uh, has a hypothetical question here. Let's say you, you come back to Survivor and you win. You win your season. I like this hypothetical. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but your season blows chunks. Oh. So production offers you $2 million to not air the season. Would you accept it or decline? What a great question. If you had asked me this um, 10 years ago or when I did the show, I know, honestly, I mean, honestly... I think even then I would have said, no, I'll just take the $2 million. I don't need the fame. I don't need people to see me. I don't need the, like, Twitter followers and all that. Uh, the money, if you play Survivor at this point, you're playing it not for fame, but I need the money. I'll take the $2 million handily. See, I would take the $2 million, but also request a copy of the show just for myself. Oh, that's a nice – That's you didn't give me that option. You cheated. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So – uh Last two questions, or actually, no, not last two questions here. Um, just Ruth Marie, she does this game uh, where you get to pick one of these uh, items. Like if you were part of the Cochrane, the Cochrane Exile uh, a twist from a couple of seasons ago, a few seasons ago. Yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, so her pick is the Vote Tripler, where you get to vote three times a tribal. Uh, the Spy Bunker, where you get to mm-hmm. hang out underneath the shelter for like 30 minutes and and uh and listen uh vote revealer after the votes uh been cast you're the only one that finds out who voted what oh and then the mutiny idol 
Uh, somebody gets eliminated, but you have the option to play the mutiny idol. They don't get eliminated, but they get sent to the other tribe. Oh, cool. Um, I'll do the mutiny idol because that would probably be the most useful to me in terms of the ones. The vote tripler, just gonna, you're going to get a lot of problems with that. Um, and the other two I don't think are as useful to me as being able to save someone from being eliminated. That's power. Wow, wow. You're the first person to pick that option this 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 season. What does everyone else pick? Oh, uh, uh, the vote tripler. They're like yeah. they're like save my ass, save, give me the vote. Yeah, give me a vote still, quadrupler. But if you're like outnumbered <laughs> seven to one, that vote tripler is going to be seven to four. You're still going home. So, <laughs> true that. Three, true yeah. that. <laughs> All right, Thomas. Uh, he says Laurel is playing good so far. Uh, two weeks in a row, uh, people are opening up to her. Um, wants to know is her social game great? Or is her edit, uh, or is it her edit that's being, you know, picking up? I think her edit's picking up. I don't think that she seems like a particularly talkative person. She's mostly a listener, I think, and that's very important in a social game. But also important in a social game is being a bit proactive. Although maybe she did that a bit with Dominic last week or two. Should go back and review that. Um, I like Laurel, though. I think she's someone to watch for sure. I think we're getting some interesting Laurel stuff for a reason. Okay, last question here, and it's from Granny Survivor. Uh, well, she has a statement first. She says, hello, dears. I like this week's episode. I actually admit uh, to thinking Desiree was being set up to go, um, but now it seems that James was always going to go, uh, as Michael voted for him. Um, she says, it's nice to see that you're back on on the show here, uh, Brian. Thanks. So, uh, she, she likes to know, um, have you spoken to, well, you already mentioned Amy. Have you spoken to Jamie lately? Jamie, um, Jamie, I get, uh, just casual notes sometimes on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So just like social media follows and and mentions with Jamie. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's very easy to pick up a conversation with Jamie after many years because he's such a great guy. He's very funny. He's a total lunatic in a great way. And anytime I see him on Instagram posting some random video of doing some weird South Florida thing, it's always very entertaining. Oh, sweet, sweet. All right, so here's our final game here. Uh, it's a Survivor Trivia, five questions. And so far, the leader is Matt Bischoff with a four and one record. Then it's Figgy with three and two. And Sharia is bringing up the rear at two and three. And we're not going to say what Ben got because he's, he's protesting. Oh, <laughs> I love your, I love your pre-jury guests. You're very good to the pre-jury. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, you know, that's the club I'm in, so I have a lot of love for it. (laughs) All right, so true or false questions. All of these are true or false questions. All right. Number one, uh, Vanuatu featured the the blind leading the blind challenge twice in the season. Twice in the season, blind leading the blind. I think they only did it once. It was the family challenge. I'm going to say false. Ah, it was true. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're on one, but. It's all right. You could come back. Uh, yeah, Jer- yeah. Jerry and James served as the caller each time they've competed in the uh, the challenge blind leading the blind. Wow, you are going deep with your crazy questions. <laughs> Jerry and James. Jerry Manthe and James Clement, I'm assuming you mean? Yeah, yes. Um, that's probably true. They're both loud people. And I remember Jerry doing it in, uh, in Outback because Colby splashed with water. I'll say true. Uh, it was false because oh. it was Sari, not James. In addition to Jerry. Ah, Billy! <laughs> Terrible. No, you can come back. You can, can come I? Back. I don't know. <laughs> a double tribal 
Council hasn't been done in a 20-player season since Nicaragua. The Double Travel Council um, hasn't been done in a 20-player season since Nicaragua. Nicaragua was 21, 20-player season since then. Well, wait, do, what do you mean double? Like, like you don't mean like an episode of Feature 2, because like certainly Andrea went home and Game Changers and Redemption Island in doubles. So, I don't know. Uh, Is that me- true? All right, so you, you answered the last question true, and you were right, so now you wanted to. Huh. Uh, those double double tribal councils where both tribes go are very, very rare. Very rare. I so, uh, one of them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. my season had one, too. Yeah. Um, so the next question is, in the old format of the tiebreakers being done with previous votes, mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Varner was deadlocked twice in one season. True or false? Jeff Varner was deadlocked twice one season. It would have only been Australian Outback. He was deadlocked at Final 10. He didn't have any votes. It went, Dev was voted out pretty unanimously. Then so was Kimmy. And then Mike Scoopin went out in the fire. And then Varner went out at the merge at Final 10 when it was vote 5-5 against Colby and Jeff. I mean, they did deadlock twice. And then it went to Final I guess I'm not understanding the question. Yeah, it, it was deadlocked twice because then Jeff went home based on his previous vote. So is that what you mean? Because that that did happen. Uh, that he had to face that that. Yeah, that, Jeff went uh, home because of previous votes. Yes, true. But the question is, did he have to face it twice? Did he get face saved, it like saved twice? Once? No, he just faced it the one time at final ten. So you're saying false? If I'm understanding the question, it's false because he didn't have to face that at. Cooch's Travel Councils in episodes two or uh, five. Okay, or so you, so you got it right. It was yeah. it was only once. So false is correct. You're two and two. Uh, it was actually uh, Lindsay Richer in, in Africa who had to face it twice. Right, Lindsay faced it twice against Carl and then against Big Tom. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, last one. You're two and two for a winning record here. Sari has the record for the most exile island visits. Oh God, I don't think that's true. I think Candace does. You're right about it being, yeah, you're right about it being false. You're three and two. You got a winning record. You're, you're tied for second with Figgy. It was actually Sugar. Oh, sure. Gabon. She was there a whole bunch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I feel better about that. It's a bad start. Yeah. (laughs) You, you came back like Wendell. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Just like Wendell. That is exactly. Well, thank you so much, brother, for joining us on uh, the Survivor, uh, Ghost Island recap. I really, really love hanging out with you, dude. We got to hang out more. Absolutely, Billy. I had such fun. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This was a great time. Always good to be here. All right. So, so listeners and viewers, uh, next week I'm in Miami visiting my dear mother who still lives in the house I grew up in. So Colin Hilding will be filling in for me. But then the very next week after, I'm back, and I'll have Tanya from Survivor uh, Thailand on with me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Tanya. It's going to be great. So, so, uh, until, till next week with Colin and then the week after, I'll come back. Uh, thank you for listening to the Survivor Ghost Island Recap. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.